Okay, we are in Sefer Yechezkel, Perik Chof Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, by Yehizabar Hashem Eli Lemor, and we are back in Chof Gimel, in the very familiar territory of metaphor. We are going back to the metaphor of the children of Israel being somewhat like a, not somewhat, being like an adulterous wife in their relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, doing many acts of znus. The difference here is that the language is so much more graphic, is so much more lacerating, that the idea is that as we're getting closer and closer to that countdown to destruction, it becomes more intense. And that is what it is here. We're familiar with the metaphor, but we're not familiar with the intensity and the graphic nature of the language. And of course, the Radak says that whenever they're using the metaphor of prostitution and acts of znus, they are talking about Avodah Zorah. Substitute Avodah Zorah, as he says, Ki znus Yisrael hu That's what it is. But this is especially intense, probably one of the most intense that we've seen hitherto. So we begin with the metaphor of two sisters, Ben Adam, Shtayim Noshim Benos Aim Achas Hoyu. There were two sisters, the daughters of one mother, actual blood sisters. Fatiznena Bemitzrayim Benuurehen Zanu. They prostituted themselves in Egypt when they were young. There is where they fashioned their breasts, as it were, in the Egyptian manner, even as young single girls. And they molded and used their breasts as a seductive tactic. What are we talking about? What is fascinating, because this we've really never seen before, Mitzrayim, the early days in Mitzrayim, planted, as it were, almost the DNA for Israel's behavior going forward. In other words, the corruption, the prostitution, the depravity, the licentiousness, libidinous, meretricious nature of Mitzrayim grew so deep into the Israeli soul. One, uh, one of the Mephoshim put it that it was like a cancer that was in there, metastasized, but then, not metastasized, the better word is went into remission and then comes back every few generations so haunted. We're going to see. It appears over and over again, the theme that Mitzrayim planted the seeds of the depravity of B'nai Israel. But more on that later. B'Shmosan, now the two girls' names were Ohala, was the Gedola, the large one, 
the Oliva Achosad was the younger one. Vatiyeno at the beginning they were wonderful daughters to me Vishmosan Shomron Ohala Ohala was really Shomron the older sister because the territory was bigger was the ten tribes Yerushalayim Ahaliva Yerushalayim was Ahaliva notice both sisters names have the root Ohel in it Ohala of the ten tribes is that the tent was for her. She kept the tent, as it were, of the religious observance. It was the depravity of Yeravam ben Nevat. It was the um, Egels that they had built. There was the whole Avodah Zorah. It was to her, her religion, her tent, while Ahaliva is... It was the Kaddish Baruch tell. We know that Judea was the place of the Mishkan. It was the place of the Torah. It was the place of the Beis Hamikdash. So they had it for the Kaddish Baruch And for a while, everything is wonderful. Then, Vatibain Oholah Tachtov Vatagov Almeyaveha Elashur Krovim. She is Mazana Ohala, the sister that represents the ten tribes, against me. She lusts after her lovers, El Ashur Krobin, particularly Asurim, Assyria becomes closest. Shahaya, as Rashi says, they were neighbors. Lahem Laazor, and we will recall in the Navi Menachem ben Gadi, as Rashi tells us, who was an evil king. He killed his way, he assassinated his way to the kingship, and then ingratiatingly sends an unusually large tribute to Paul, the king of Assyria, to persuade him to come into a treaty with him, a, a mutual defense pact. And he compares this to a prostitution because why did you need the king of Ashur? If you were loyal to the Kaddish Baruch and following in what he was saying, you don't need the king of Assyria. So they got into that situation with the king of Assyria fawning, toadying, obsequious to him to just protect them. And they fell in love with the prototypical Assyrian. And why not? They wore royal robes. They had... Um, they were dukes and lords and nobles and Bahure Chemed Kulam, they were of handsome appearance, each one of them. Parashim Rochve Susim, they rode proudly on their horses. And this is the problem that has remained till today. We look at these other nations and we envy them. We envy them the splendor, the seemingly external grandeur, the freedom that they have that we don't have because we have religious 
uh, obligations. They have none, and it has an attraction to them. And that's what Assyria has. But teaching Tasnuseha Allah, Allah, and they gave, she gave her znus to them, her love. Mivkar bene Asher Kulam to all the sons of Asher. They were just so handsome. And everything she did in her relationship with them, in the evil, licentious behavior, was Matameha. She became defiled. At the same time, she didn't abandon her Egyptian attraction. Why? Because as we know that Hosea, Hosea sends messengers and lavish gifts to the king of Egypt, again, for what? To protect him, to give him mutual assistance against Ashur at the time. And so that she's playing both, and she's in love with both. And again, this is the theme of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim laid the early seeds of total dissolute carnality. And it stays there. It's in our system. It's in our DNA, is what the Navi is saying. He also shakhu benu because she was mezana with Mitzrayim in her youth. Again, she fashioned her breasts as a young woman to just seduce. And they poured the znus upon her Mitzrayim. Yes. Are we talking about prior to Yitziat Mitzrayim? What, what, what it was like for the Jews? Before they were slaves? Or, or no, after? while they were slaves. They had so internalized the culture. And remember, historically, Mitzrayim was one of the most hedonistically corrupt societies ever. And they had to absorb it. They were there, whatever it was, 210 years. And so they absorbed it, and they may not have realized it, but it never left them. It never left their influence. I am going to give her over into the hands of her lovers, to the Assyrians, which she so prostituted herself over. They exposed her nakedness as it were. They are going to take her sons and daughters and kill her. In the end, her lovers are going to turn on her as we see in Ashur. And she has made a name, a name of disgrace for herself among all other women. She has become the prototype for znus, for cheap carnality. And now her younger sister, these were talking about the ten tribes. Now the ten tribes we know were evil from the beginning. The kings were absolutely uselessly corrupt. But now her younger sister, who's the pride of Yerushalayim, she follows this nurse. Moreover, she improves on it. She goes one step 
forward than her sister. And that would be the shock because they had everything, the Yerushalmi. They had the Beis Hamikdash, they had the Sanhedrin, they had the Gedolim, they had the Kohanim. Well, all right, the Yaseras Hashratim can say, we were left out there with Yeruvim and Avodah Zorah. But Jerusalem has no such excuse. El Bnei Ashur, or they too, sought after Assyria. Again, awed by Pachos, Skonim, the nobility, the dukes, Krogim, Levushe, Michal, the dress, the habits, the costumes, Prussian, Rokhre, Susim, the grandeur of horseback riding, Bachure, Chemed, Kulam, they were gorgeous, the Assyrian men. And so they were Matame, both of them. But Tosef tell she went one step further. She perfected the Znus of her older sister. What she did was engrave the idols, the likenesses of these Assyrian demigods on her wall. Salme Kazdim, and then the Babylonians engraved images of the Kazdim of the Babylonians who cocked the Shosha, engraved in color, probably as icons of Avodah Zorah in a bedroom. Chagure Azor, they were adorned with the belts that Babylonians were famed for wearing, Bimasneim around their loins, Sruche Tzulim Baroshehim, these gorgeous scarves suspended from their heads. Beautiful looks uh, of all of them. They wore the costumes, of the, the costumes of their Babylonian heritage. And the women of Yerushalayim, as it were, metaphorically, was just head over heels. They couldn't get enough. They had to imprint their icons on the walls of their homes. And so they lusted after them to the, uh, to, with their eyes. And they send messages or messengers to them. And there we are referring now Bovel comes, comes on a bed of love to these people by Yitamu also they defile her but Znusayim in their Znus but Yitamei bom vateka nafshamehem they defile it and just take its soul from them. What are we talking about here? Do you remember that story when Yehoash invites or rather the king, he, he was sick and recovers and so the king of Babel, Evel Morodach, sends a delegation to him to wish him a refuah shlema. And he is so taken by this honor accorded to him by Babel that he takes him into the Kodshe Kedoshim. Do you remember the, the Beis HaMikdash? And he shows him the treasures. He shows him the Arana Kodesh. He shows him the utensils. It's like he's practically giving them a tour of what they're going to come and take. They're inventorying this at the whole time. And eventually they take it all. And so that's what he does just to show his fawning, obsequious toadying before bother. Uh, she multiplies her znus with chorus, you may know, again, follow this metaphor. 
her days of youth, Asher Zonta Me'eretz Mitzrayim. This is the evil implanted in the Sayin Mitzrayim that comes back. Apparently, the Navi is saying, every generation, again, like a cancer that was in remission, that suddenly bursts forth at a certain time. But to Agba al she falls in love with the concubines, whatever that means, the male concubines of Egypt that were either male znus or were just served as concubines to the Pharaoh. Asher hamorim, the, the meat of donkeys, referring to the Egyptians, besorum vizirmasusim they are like horses. There's a, no way to disguise this as a pejorative. In fact, when we learn in Shulchan Aruch and in, in the Halachos that if a woman has bia, a relationship with a mitzri, it's not considered adultery. Why? Because it's like, and this is their lotion, not mine, that it's like with a chamar. So that it has that pejorative attached to it, that they are like donkeys. And she visits the, the uh, anger of her youth. Again, her breast fashion for seduction. Like when she was a basula. Therefore, Aliva, that represents Yushalayim. I am going to bring your lovers from Bavel that you were so enamored, that you gave your soul to. They are going to surround you. B'nai Bavel, Bavel v'chol kazdin, pekod v'shoah v'koah. These are satellite nations that joined with Bavel on the attack on uh, Eretz Yisrael. Kol b'nai Asher, the Assyrians or some. Those beautiful boys that you love, Pachos, Skanim, the Dukes, the Nobles, Kulam, Shoshim, Ukruim, Roche, Susim, Kulam. They're all going to come upon you with splendor and their chariots. Ubo, Alayah, Hatzan, Rechab, they're going to come to you in chariot and horses with Galgal and armaments. Uva Kahal, Amim, Sino. Armed nations, they are going to come with battlements and shields, surrounding you completely. I am going to give them their jurisdiction over you. They are going to judge you, not me. And if you read the Radak, you love their ways, their customs, their justice system. Therefore, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, let them judge you by their standards, which is far more severe than mine. It'll be far worse for the where. I am going to put my anger upon you, my fury, and what they're going to do? They are going to mutilate your faces, your noses, your ears, which was the custom of the Babylonians. That was one of their punishments, both to women who had prostituted themselves and enemies. 
and the remnants of you will fall by the sword. Those that survive will perish in the fire. They will judge your clothes. They will strip you of your raiment, your wealth. They will take your utensils, your, your beautiful utensils. Again, notice the metaphor. I will visit my anger and your znus that came from Eretz Mitzrayim. You cannot even look at them when it's trying. And that will wipe away the deep involvement of Mitzrayim in your moral life. So let's stop there. I'm sure you agree it's a very unusually harsh, unrelenting prophecy, but as we're getting closer, you can expect even harsher. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. Don't miss it. Ad Khan.